Maybe you're at a loss for meaningful, life-giving words these days. Not information or arguments or agendas, but wonder and hope that meet your empathetic and curious faith with a fresh word. We are a guild of pastors always rooted in ancient text, but friendly to laughter, art, sarcasm, and a bit of sacrilege. Wander with us while our perspectives, our attitudes, and our faith are altered for a new generation of being the church. We are Alter Guild. We are Alter Guild. We are Alter Guild. We are Alter Guild. When I think about Advent and Mary carrying Christ in her womb, I think about my own pregnancies. All of my children were born in February, which means I looked large and in charge leading worship in December's. The rope tied around my alb would get higher and higher as my belly grew. I could feel babies inside dancing to brass and organ music or kicking me while I served Holy Communion. When I think about Advent, I also think about my friend Sarah. Sarah Talajan is a member of the first congregation I served, and her dad was the senior pastor there. She and her husband had shared about their journey with infertility. The congregation prayed with stubborn hope for them to become parents. While my belly grew with my firstborn, Sarah was beginning the adoption process. During my second pregnancy, they were waiting alongside a birth mother who had chosen them, holding their breath for a child who already lived in their hearts. I sat down with Sarah to talk about Mary's Magnificat and to hear her sing it, Strength and song that evoke a particular emotion and wonder for her that now inform my Advent journey and how I hear this text more fully because of her. if you could start by sharing what emotions would be evoked in worship and singing the Magnificat for you during the season of Advent for so many years. Wow. Um, So it was a journey of sorts, I would say. I'm a person that holds my emotions pretty closely and I'm pretty stoic. So I think it took me a little while to figure out that the feelings were a little bit harder during that time. You know, I think, I think hope was one, of, was one thing that I felt, but um, just a real, I guess, a yearning for um, calm and wanting to not be anxious. Sadness, obviously. Um, it was really hard to get ready for Christmas and every year. Um, I'd walk up the steps on Christmas Eve and think, oh, what if we get a call? What if, what, what if we, this is our Christmas present, what if we get a call tonight? And after a couple of years of that, I had to think about it differently. I 
have really vivid memories of you during the season of Advent for the four Advents. I got to be your pastor. And at St. John's, the prayer chain tradition uh, was that when you receive prayer chain requests, you pray, um, but you don't talk about uh, the prayer chain requests with each other. Even if you know somebody else is on the prayer chain, they're just held very closely um, to your heart. And so I would watch people I knew were on the prayer chain who were praying for you and your husband and your family and your hope engage with you on Sunday mornings or in choir or after worship. And it was a profound and beautiful thing to see the way that they would um, love you and meet you in that season that they could only imagine came with stress and ache and grief. Um, what was it like to be in, wrapped in the love of a congregation or to have really, really close friends walk with you through this and be with you through a season when you did let your guard down or when you need, did need to share more? You know, I think one of the things that I love about our congregation is that people know what's going on with you. Um, but like you said, it's not always called out or they'll you know they may ask you about it but you know we never wanted to be the focus of a lot of attention about our infertility so the prayer chain knew close friends knew um, you knew my dad knew um, so you know we knew that people were aware of what we were going through and I you know I think I cried probably every worship service for many years um, mostly just because it was a good release and it, um, it was a, but I don't think anybody, you know, there was not a lot of rushing to come figure out what was wrong. I, people just kind of let me be. And that was, you know, and maybe I imagine that nobody knew I was crying or noticed I was crying. <laughs> um, but, um, but that was, you know, now that I look back on it um, and I had forgotten that we were on the prayer chain, ironically. <laughs> a lot of stuff I block out of that from that time. Um, but, you know, I think, um, I think people were providing that comfort without being overt about it. What was it like hearing language about waiting for a newborn baby during Advent and being invited to baby showers and trying to get excited about uh, other people who had a very specific due date. Awful. <laughs> um, you know, I th waiting meant a different thing for us, and so I really, really had to focus on that and focus on what that meant and um, and also change the question of what I was praying for um, because I know that God doesn't always give you exactly what you're asking for even though I was pretty sure I would want him to just I wanted him to just fulfill this one request <laughs> um, but I really um, I had to really think about what, what did I need from God in that time and um, I needed a way to wait with patience and hope and to keep that hope present so that 
the anxiety and the sadness didn't overtake me. Will you tell a little bit about Advent 2013? Um, yes. So we met our daughter's birth mother in August and um, had a series of meetings with her until we officially matched with her in October. But when I met her and she told me her due date, she said, oh, um, you know, I'm due December 14th. And I just knew this is going to be my kid because she's due in Advent. And um, so we officially matched. And then, um, you know, decorating for Christmas was a little bit more joyful. I remember listening to my favorite Christmas album and really, like, feeling the excitement because I would not let myself feel it and crying while I was doing that, but tears of joy um, with a little bit of trepidation. Um, so December 14th came and went, and nine more days came and went, and our daughter was born on December 23rd at 11.33 p.m., 27 minutes before the end of Advent, and um, it was very dark and very snowy and very windy, and we were huddled in a hospital room with her birth family and her and a million nurses and a doctor, and uh, we named her Nora. We'd never looked up the meaning of Nora, we just liked the name. And a couple days later, I did look it up, and the Arabic meaning of Nora meant light. And it just, for me, made so much sense that this little light of ours came to us in a dark time of year and a kind of ending a very dark time in our lives. So the season of Advent for me is has a, many layers of meaning, but it's really special for a lot of reasons. And it's even more special now. Yeah, what does Advent look like this year now that you have a child about to turn four full of precociousness and wonder? <laughs> uh, it involves waking up every morning and hearing, Mom, is it morning? Can we do the Advent calendar? Um, and yeah, it's, I have to kind of remind myself that it's, um, that we can have fun and you know, she's four now, so that gets easier. But you, you know, I kind of realized how entrenched I was in that really intentional trying to, you know, be measured in my feelings and not um, get too swept up in anything. But now um, I'm letting myself really enjoy the moment. What does it feel like or what does it look like to go from being guarded and cautious in your waiting to a new kind of waiting with Nora here? You know, I think it's, um, it's lighter um, and just watching her learn things and being able to teach her about what Advent means and knowing that that's important to me that I, that, you know, kids love Christmas and they love Santa, but I'm just, I really enjoy teaching her about the season of Advent and that there's much more to this season than December 24th and 25th. Thanks, Sarah. You're welcome. 
When I think about Advent, I think about all the heavy things we carry into worship and the different ways we long to be met in the weight of the season. I think about the courage it takes to show up in the glitz of Christmas and the noisy clang of enforced joy. If you dare to be present in the layers of what is honest and blue about waiting, it's a damn miracle. And God calls the people who are church to move from their reserved pews a little closer, surrounding your weary body with borrowed strength and faith. One that will resist fixing your grief or dismissing your loss, instead holding time and space to bear it with you. Mary and Elizabeth and Sarah will be there too, singing when you cannot, hoping when you despair, waiting for a new layer to come and lighten your load. My soul proclaims your greatness, Lord, I sing my Savior's praise. You looked upon my lowliness, and I am full of grace. Now every land and every age this blessing shall proclaim. Great wonders you have done for me, and holy is your Alter Guild is hosted by Meta Hara Carlson, Matthew Ian Fleming, Miriam Samuelson Roberts, and Derek Transgard, with edits by Matt and Derek. Today's episode was written by Meta Hara Carlson, with music from Dotted Lines, Joel Slaback, and Aaron Sprinkle. Special thanks to guest Sarah Telejohn for her help with this episode. You can visit our website at alterguild.org. That's A L T E R and find us on Twitter and Facebook at Alter Guild. To listen to more episodes or to subscribe, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever else fine podcasts are sold. And if you like what we're doing, please leave us a review on iTunes. Thanks for listening, and be sure to tune in tomorrow for our next episode. In the meantime, go in peace, listen, love, serve, and alter. Alter.